What's up, guys? It's Miki, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. So, how do we feel about the NBA Finals so far? If your team isn't in it, I'm sorry. My team is. And I am super excited for the Warriors, and I feel like Warriors in seven. My original prediction was Warriors in six, but they're stressing me out. <laughs> they're stressing me out. And at the time I'm recording this episode, we are now officially two games down, series tied. Thank you, Steph. And yeah, I better win. I better win. This is giving me pre-KD Warriors vibes, which obviously because he's not here. Um, and I love it. Pre-KD Warriors vibes was my favorite kind of vibes and the best vibes to me. Now, listen, however you feel about him coming to the Warriors and whatever it was, super team, blah, 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 blah. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. It happened. It's over. Whatever. It was a mutually beneficial decision for both parties. We got another ring. We made sure he got his first ring. He's welcome. Okay. <laughs> but I'm super excited to hopefully get another ring without him. And um, I don't know. The vibes are just good. It's it's classic Warriors vibes. And Warriors and Seven, baby. I would love for it to be six, but Warriors in seven. Warriors. <laughs> and last week, I did an episode where I shared a recording from, from a year ago, and I was just kind of painting where I was, and then I gave an update on where I am now. And I might do another episode like that. It just depends on, you know, how I'm feeling, if that was too vulnerable and the feedback I get and all that. But I might do another episode like that because even if it doesn't help somebody immediately, I just know for a fact in my gut, it's going to help somebody down the line, feel seen, feel heard, be like, damn, she gets it. Yeah, I do get it. And I just want people to not feel alone and know that it's not just you going through it and that you can make it out on the other side. So that's really important. And I don't know, I may do another one. We'll see. I'll surprise you guys like I did this time. <laughs> this week, though, I want to talk about something that I've been struggling with. Surprise, surprise. You know, what isn't this girl struggling with over here? But <laughs> I wanted to talk about the poverty mindset. Now, as you guys know, my church is Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm part of Transformation Online. So don't even hit me with it. You live in Tulsa, Oklahoma? No. But that is like my home base church. That is my main church. I get literally majority of my word to feed my soul out of Transformation Church. Otherwise, it's Pastor Darius Daniels from Change Church. And of course, I listen to other pastors and other sermons, but consistency literally between Transformation Church and Tulsa, Oklahoma and Change Church um, with Pastor Darius Daniels. But Pastor Mike preached on poverty mindset, a while ago and it was like poverty mindset, prosperity gospel and the purpose gospel and I'll kind of go into all of them a little bit, but I want to talk about my struggle with the poverty mindset and see if anybody else can relate. I know for a fact there are other people that can relate since this is an old series and we've all kind of talked about it, but it's been impacting my life more than it ever has period like in any in any form of my life, it's been pretty heavy and I've been trying to work on it. Now that I have words to call it out, now that I can acknowledge this is what this is and God has made me extra sensitive to the areas that it shows up in my life because I pray for him to help me. Um, 
I just want to talk about it, see if anybody else can relate and see if some of the tools that I drop, which they aren't mine, this is all from the sermon that Pastor Mike um, taught us on. I just thought it was important to go back and do a whole episode on because maybe you haven't seen the sermon, but you'll hear some things and be like, oh, sh- that's me. Or, oh, that's what that is. And now I have the proper tools and terminology to use and to kind of help me figure it out and get better along the way. So let me tell you guys <laughs> about my poverty mindset journey and mentality that I've been struggling with lately. And number one, first point. Money should never be the focus. It should be the fruit. Money should never be the focus. It should be the fruit. I don't remember exactly what was in this IG video, but um, I saw it on this guy's story and he basically posted this video saying, if you are, if money is literally your everything and you are really controlled by it, then I kind of worry about being around you because I never know when you'll turn on me or portray me or be disloyal to me in some form or fashion because you're more loyal to the money. And I thought, hallelujah, that is preaching. And I still think that now, but it that point reminded me of that. Money should never be the focus. It should just be the fruit. Um, it would worry me if money was your top all priority. Is it very important? Obviously, we need it. Like We live in a capitalist society in America, so they make it where money is major. But, and the effects of not having money are even more major and leave lasting impacts. So I understand why it's such a big deal for everybody. I understand why it's a stronghold and a struggle depending on your view of money, but it should never be the focus. It should be the fruit. If money is your focus, it can become your idol. And I think a lot of times if you're a Christian or whatever, if you believe in God, um, People think idols are just like making a wood statue God or making a a different kind of God and worshiping that. Anything can be an idol. Anything that is on the throne of your heart and replacement of God is an idol. It could be food. It could be literally lack of patience. It could be trying to rush his timing. It can be your children. It can be your spouse. It can be your job. It can be anything. You can put yourself before you put God. And that can become an idol. So money is definitely another one that can be an idol. And I never want money to be an idol. I never want money to have that much control and power over me anyways. And you would think just because I know how to save, I'm like, good, it's not controlling me in that way, but it's holding me hostage in another. And to me, that is just as bad. And a point Pastor Mike taught us was a lot of us are reservoirs when God wants us to be a river. You know, and the definition of a reservoir is a place where something is kept or stored. So like an example would be like an artificial lake. And I'm good at saving, but I don't want to be so good at saving that my hands are are closed more often than not. Like I want them to be open. Somebody needs this, cool. Somebody needs that. And it doesn't matter if I like them, love them, whatever. If God instructs me to be a blessing to this person, I want to not take a pause before blessing somebody. Because just saying that statement out loud sounds fucked up to me. Like, okay, I have the abilities, the capabilities to do it, but my poverty mindset has me thinking like, I'm going to need this later down the line. No way. Oh, they need this right now. I'm I'm like, oh God, I'm 
but what if I need this for gas? What if I need this for food? Well, you know, I'm really going to need this for this weekend. So let me not spend money during the week because I'm really going to need this for the weekend. All things like that. Or God, I would love to help out. I would love to get back to so-and-so. But even though I have the money in my account, if I spend this right now, God, where is the next income going to come from? Where is the next amount that's going to be deposited into my account where I don't feel anxious, where I don't feel like, okay, I, I need more. I need more. Because what you'll notice is, is if you struggle with a poverty mindset, you get to a point where no amount really feels safe because you get an amount and then you just think like, oh, it's going to run out. Oh, it's going to run out. Oh, it's going to run out. And it's a scary and just, it's a bad place to be. It really is a bad place to be. I would highly not suggest it for anybody. If you're struggling with a poverty mindset, try to fix it. And I also don't want to raise kids on a poverty mindset. I don't want them to, I don't want to pass these These are not gems. These are, I have no words for what they are, but they are not things that I'm going to pass down to my children. They're not things that I want to indirectly put off on the people that I'm around or that I talk to because it's my poverty mindset. I don't want it to seep into their mindsets, even if it's not willing, but you hear it so often or you remind it from certain things or you consistently hear, this is the end. This is all we have. This is all we have. This is the last. This is the last. And it gets engraved in your brain. And I don't want to engrave that into other people's brains because of my poverty mindset and where I'm at, right? And if I have the ability to bless people, I also used to struggle with this long before the poverty mindset. I used to be like, when I get super wealthy, when I get super rich, I'm going to be a blessing to any and everybody. It's going to be nothing. People are struggling with um, needing to afford pampers, diapers, and stuff. I'm going to leave money in the caps. Homeless people need food and stuff. What? $5? What? No. I'm going to go buy them some food, put some money in their pocket, maybe take them somewhere to get a shower and stuff. Like... That is the kind of blessing. When crisis happen across the world, I want to be able to donate. I want to be able to help. When um, weather or mass shootings or something, I want to be able to donate to the legit GoFundMes or help help the families that really, really need the help in whichever way they need. If it's somebody locally or somebody in my family or just a coworker or something that you know, and they're like, wow, I'm really struggling to pay my light bill. You know, I don't care if it's three or $400. I want to be in a position where somebody struggling with lights or food, it's nothing to be like, here it is. Don't pay me back. Here it is. Like, because we all know, well, if you don't, how fortunate and blessed you are, and please don't take it for granted, but we all know what it's like to struggle to pay a bill, to wonder where the next meal is coming from, or just to be like, God, just please help me stretch it out. And I realized that I had started saying that so much, any amount of money, no matter the amount that I got, I was like, God, just help me stretch it. God, just help me stretch it. Then we don't have to ask for anything. That way I can make sure I'm not being um, disruptive to anybody else's life. That way I can still feel like my age and do certain things and just not feel like I have to be left out of certain things because my finances aren't set up like everybody else's. And I mean, everybody, when I say everybody's finances around me look so drastically different because there's a different, 
everybody has different levels of bills. Everybody may not be taking care of the same amount of people. Everybody might not be helping or doing certain things in the same exact way. And we're all out here just trying to make it. And that goes back to comparison and how we shouldn't compare our lives to others because we never know the journeys that they're on and the things that they're going through. But yeah, it's a struggle for me. And I want to, I remember hearing this in a sermon and I tried to be very intentional trying to work on it, but I still have so much to work to do it. And I know that my poverty mindset is going against what I want to do, which is be a blessing in whichever stage and form that I'm in. If I have $10 in my account and I can bless somebody in some some kind of way, I don't want the pause to be like, I have this $10 and I have to make it stretch for two to three weeks. It just needs to be, okay, God, you told me to bless them here. I have so much faith and trust in you that it'll be brought back to me that all my needs will be met, that it doesn't matter. And it doesn't mean give for God to turn around to flip it and automatically give back to you. It's just that I want to be able to give and not stress that I've given. You know what I mean? Because what if the purpose of that money was to bless that person in the first place? Now, not only is my stingy heart blocking me from being a blessing, but it's blocking me from fulfilling my purpose. And stuff like that bothers me. I don't want my poverty mindset to stop me from helping, serving, blessing in whichever way God has called me to do. And just in general, like I have to get in the rhythm, flex that giving muscle and being generous and being a blessing to other people right now because I keep saying, oh, it's nothing. First of all, it means more now with less than it would if I was just swimming in riches. And then number two, like I said, I have to practice that muscle. I have to flex that muscle. So that way when I really am at the next stage, I won't have flexed the closed hand muscle so much that now that I'm in a position to do it in abundance where it's nothing and it doesn't even affect me, my hand is still closed. I hope that makes sense, okay? So point two, have you ever heard the saying, more money, more problems? I'm raising my hand from behind the mic, guys. I have said that so many times. I've had so many debates with friends where it's like, more money, more problems, or da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da. And I have this friend, um, because I used to believe this so deep, when I tell you so deep, and I never not believed it until Pastor Mike pointed out how that was a bad belief to have. I believe this deep in my core. More money, more problems. And Pastor Mike explained how basically stuff like that, sayings like more money, more problems, when it's repeated and regurgitated, it becomes gospel to you, even if it's not true. So even though it's not biblical for more money, more problems, that's straight culture, that's not kingdom, I believed it as if it was gospel. And I had a friend that would always be like, yeah, more money, more problems. Yeah, not necessarily. Or money, I'll be like, or money will change people. No, that's not true either. It brings out their true character, right? Like I was saying, I got to flex that generosity muscle now because if I have it, my character is still going to be stingy, stingy, stingy if that's what I'm consistently practicing and putting into the world. But if I'm practicing being generous, being a blessing and all that, when I do get to that level, that'll be my core character. It's going to continue to happen without even having to think twice 
about it. And my friend would be like, oh, more money, more problems. And they'd be like, yeah, no, I'll take rich people problems over poor people problems every day. And I agree with that so wholeheartedly when you watch these reality shows and it's not to minimize their life or minimize their problems because they're celebrities and they have money I'm not trying to do that at all but when they complain like I can't get a private jet I had to fly first class and then I talked to somebody maybe that day who was like damn I'm wondering how I'm gonna put gas in my car it really it drastically just shows you the difference of what life could be like, the problems that the average person is facing. And it's not to judge them, guys. Like I watch reality TV and stuff like that for escapism TV, but you can also see for a person like me, if you do have a poverty mindset, that this isn't the end all be all. Like somebody gets sick, I can have the ability and have the wealth to get on a private jet and go see them in whatever state or fly them to the best hospital. I want the money for that. I'm not I'm not judging them at all. Like, do you? The fact that you have the ability to do that is a blessing. And I never ever want to hate on that. But it does kind of put the problems into perspective. So I would rather have rich people problems than poor people problems all day, any day. And more money, more problems is the confession of the poverty gospel. Like, if you didn't know what a poverty gospel was or whatever or you were trying to figure out what my mindset was, was it poverty or prosperity or a purpose? Just by me saying more money, more problems, it would definitely scream poverty gospel. And see, that's something that I don't want to pass down. That's something that I heard through culture, through TV, through different movies and all that. More money, more problems, more money, more problems. Whether it was a song, movies, TV shows, everything. And that got ingrained into my head as if it was the gospel truth. And it's not biblical at all. (laughs) So we have to be careful of the things that we hear from society, from people, from um, family, friends, from ourselves that are not true, that we have made the gospel truth, right? That's why it's always so important to go back and, God, what's your principles? What did you really do? What has been manipulated and distorted from your word? Is this truly what you meant by this? Is this truly what you mean when you say this and that? Because every principle and rule and thing that God gives us is for our protection. He loves us. We're going to get into heaven if we believe in him, blah, 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 all that. And not blah, blah, blah as if that's not important because that's (laughs) major. That's where you'll be sitting the whole second half of your life. Okay, maybe. And listen, the rules are there to help us. The principles he put in place are there to help us to already help our lives that are already living in a fallen world, going through struggles, going to rain on just and unjust, blah, blah. It's to help us enjoy this life a little more, to help us save us from like heartbreak. It's like when your friends or family or your parents and maybe they're no good. Or I know love is blinding you right now, but can you just really face reality of what's going on? Can you please face reality? And then you just don't want to listen to them. You don't want to listen to the people. You're like, I see what I see. I feel what I feel. I'm just going to do what I do. Cool. I mean, you can give people the warning all you want, but it's still up to us. And God does that consistently. He gives us the warning. He gives us the tools. But yet it's still up to us to make the choice to follow in the way that he designed so we don't have to get hurt. But as we all know, sometimes some of us learn best the hard way. And I think a lot of us, depending on what it is, and there are so many areas that we all have to learn different lessons. 
in so many areas where all of us, and I'm including myself as well, where we break God's rules and principles and we suffer the consequences. And they're not always super drastic where it's like, he's going to punish me and I'm going to hell. It's no, guys, it's not that deep. It's just that certain certain repercussions happen and certain heartbreaks happen, certain disappointments happen that didn't have to happen to us. It's the decisions that we made and the principles we decided to break that led us to where we were. So point three, poverty gospel is fueled by fear. And mine is definitely fueled by fear. It's the fear of not having enough or not having it for specifically when a rainy day comes. And as I discussed earlier, it blocks me from blessing other people or it just keeps me anxious and paranoid. Like, nah, shit's, the shit's is gonna like blow up. Like the worst is coming and I need at least some form of money. And if I don't have any form of money and the worst is coming, like WTF, what is about to happen? What is going to happen? And it's fear. It's not faith in God to provide all my needs. It's not faith in God that if everything is taken away, I'll still be okay. It's not faith in God that you know the plans you have for me, Lord, to prosper me, not to harm me, you know? And I'm still like, yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, I repeat it. And yeah, I may believe it in different areas of my life. But where I've been struggling the hardest with, and especially these last two years, has been, and shocker, shocker, like after graduating and the pandemic and everything, that my poverty mindset is like gone up, right? Hmm. I, um, I just, it's been hard. It's been really, really hard for me. And I know that I'm not alone, but sometimes it can just be embarrassing to have to say out loud, like, I'm struggling with a poverty mindset. And between culture, society, the stuff that's naturally ingrained in your brain, depending on the race that you are and the things that you see growing up, it's crazy. And it's like fighting a stronghold that was put on you since you were young or that was put on you by the world. and having to try to fight and break it, but I feel like sharing my testimony will be helpful. I hope it is helpful to certain people. And just to let you guys know, I'm out here struggling too with it, guys. I really, really am. So as I said before, I used to be really good at budgeting and I still am. I'm good at budgeting, but now I think it's on the extreme side. Like there's budgeting and there is literally spending and living life out of fear, which is how I know that I suffer with the poverty mindset at times because it's gone to the extreme. It's not just moving out of wisdom with money. It's moving out of fear with literally money. And I have this example. Let me tell you. So a couple of weeks ago, I recently bought some sandals. My sandals are like, no matter the color, no matter which type, they have gone through it. I, the last time I bought sandals was literally years ago. I was still in college the last time I bought sandals. And it was years. I got my money's worth. <laughs> I've worn them cold, hot, whatever. And they were done for. They were done for. Pretty much every sandal that I had was done for. And I needed some more. But let me show you how my poverty mindset showed up, guys. I needed them. 
Not like, oh, this is a cute pair of shoes. I want another one to add in my collection or something. Or, oh, I just love shopping. This is no big deal. And if you do love shopping, do you, boo. Live your best life. If that's something that brings you joy, I'm here for it. Everybody has their simple joys in life. Enjoy them. Please enjoy them. But even for me, shopping is not like a big, it's not like a big deal. And I would hate if it was a big deal because my poverty mindset would keep me from shopping in the first place. So I really, really needed some sandals because I was going to, what am I going to wear? Tennis shoes the whole time in the summer. And I'm a, I'm a tennis shoe girl. Don't get me wrong. I will rock some tennis shoes, hot or cold, whenever. Give me some Chuck Taylors. Give me some Nikes. I'm a happy girl, especially the Chuck Taylors. Shout out to Chuck Taylor. Um, I can sponsor y'all whenever, whenever y'all are ready. Love me some Chuck Taylors. But anyways, I needed the sandals, guys. I needed them. And I was still debating as messed up as my sandals were, as I was about to be walking on ground in a minute and they weren't cute anymore. I still was like, should I? Should I buy them? Like, I know I need them. This isn't just a want anymore. I need them and I'm still debating. They were on sale and I was like, should I? I mean, because after the shipping, did it really feel like a sale? Now, the only reason that I still felt like I got a little bit of a sale was because it was such a drastic sale that by the time after they charged me the high shipping, I still saved some money. But had it not been a drastic sale, I don't think I would have felt the benefits as much besides, you know, needing shoes. <laughs> no big deal. And they had so many cute colors. And I was like, I'm only going to get one. I'm only going to get one. And then I'm going to get black so it can go with majority of everything. I can't get the color, all the colors that I want. Okay, cool. I can't get more than one color, even though these are really cute. And who knows when they're going to have a sale this deep again. Uh, let me just get black. Black goes with pretty much majority of my outfits. It can go with a lot. I'll get a good price. I'll get a color that I can use m multiple times on multiple occasions and I won't be wasting money. I guess it'll be worth it. From, I debated, I debated so long about getting the sandals that I almost missed the opportunity to get them. I also debated after I pressed the, um, I would guess I was having buyer's remorse a little bit after I pressed the confirmation on my card number and placed my order. I was thinking like, should I have done it? Because what if I needed this weekend? Should I have done it? Because what if this is food? Should I have done it? Because what if this is gas? I need the sandals, but in my mind, I came up with every area how buying something I needed would come back to bite me in the ass. That's poverty mindset, folks. What is it like? It, can it get so bad? Which I never underestimate, you know, mindsets and strongholds, any form you shouldn't. Because am I going to be in a store one day and be like, oh, God, I really need this, but you know. And I was already doing that with personal things. In the last two years, most of the stuff that I've got had been for other people. There have been maybe clothes that I've seen that I'm like, can't buy it because I'm going to need it later. Lip gloss. My mom ended up getting me some lip gloss because I was like, yeah, I know I need this lip gloss. And yeah, I know I'm getting low, but I'm going to just scrape the heck out of this lip gloss because I'm going to need it later down the line. And it even, I was doing that with sandals. So guys, don't be like me. If that's not a poverty mindset, I don't know what is. And when I was younger, I wasn't raised like that. Like I was raised to know the value of a dollar. 
I knew the value of a dollar. I knew the difference. But it's like we still operated in such an overflow, such a God's got us kind of mentality. And it wasn't prosperity gospel. It was literally like I wasn't afraid. I wasn't just out here blowing money. I was taught the value of a dollar well, but I also wasn't afraid to live life. And at some point, especially within the last two years, it's become a fear of not having enough not having my own and not having it come in consistently the way that I need. And it feels like everything is so much in other people's control and will that it does nothing but increase my anxiety even more. And it makes me even more fearful when it comes to God in a sense, because I feel like other people are controlling it, the income and all that kind of stuff, but it's really God and I'm forgetting who even gives other people the ability to give me income. It is God. And so I've taken the focus off of him. I'm so fearful that I'm focusing on how this could go wrong, how it's not enough, how it's this, how it's that. And all we have is all we need. All we have is may not be all we want, but all we have is all we need. Okay, the next point that I want to talk about is the spirit of mammon. And it is a belief that we don't need God if we have riches. And although I feel like I need God at all times, and I know for a fact I do need God at all times in every area of my life, and that he is the reason that I have the riches in the first place, I thought that this is a very important point that Pastor Mike taught us in the sermon. And it was just too important not to mention, which is about the spirit of of mammon because he brought up this saying he said have you ever said either i need god to come through or i need someone to give me some money i'm going to say that one more time either i need god to come through or i need someone to give me some money and that ladies and gentlemen is an example of struggling with the spirit of mammon so if you don't struggle with it consistently all the time that's fine but at some point i'm sure all of us and if you haven't bravo to you <laughs> we've all said something if not that exact statement something so similar and close like i love you god i got faith in you in every single area and i even have faith in you in my finances when it comes to certain things but this god no nah, i'm gonna take care of it but this god no nah. Or I'm going to have a plan B, C, D, E, all the way to Z, just in case, God, you being my plan A, you don't come through. Or you don't come through in the way that I think you should come through. Or you don't come through as fast as I think you should come through. We've all at some point struggled with the spirit of mammon. Also, in that sermon, he talked about the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel is more money, more pleasure. So poverty gospel was more money, more problems, prosperity gospel, more money, more pleasure. And as we all know, that's usually, oh my God, I have all the riches in the world, blah, 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 blah. So I can do just any and everything with it. And it's not to say that you can't enjoy things in life and buy nice things and go on vacation and buy your jewelry and your bags and all that. It's not to say that at all. Do you, boo, live your best life. It's just that God does, he gives us purpose for every single thing. He's very intentional. There is not a thing that was created. There is not a thing that was done where he isn't intentional. Now, some stuff we've created as man and we have distorted his intentions of certain things and they're what they were originally created for. And we've made them 
messed up, distorted, and tainted and from a societal standpoint. I get that. But just like he gives purpose to us, he even the purpose even comes down to the way that we spend the money that he blesses us with. And that can sound really controlling. And it's not because you have the choice whether or not you want to fulfill the purposes he's laid out. You have the choice to go with it. You can have a poverty mindset, keep it tight gripped and not spend it at all. You can have a prosperity mindset. You can be like, more money, more riches, baby. Let's let's blow a bag. Let's buy the mall. Let's forget the mall. Let's buy a couple malls and multiple states. Let's buy the whole block. You know what I mean? Like you can have that mindset. And that's not necessarily bad as long as that's part of the purpose, as long as that's part of the plan. Because anything that we get outside of God, we have to maintain and keep. And if we're all just honest, we barely can maintain and keep properly the stuff he does bless us with, hence his grace and mercy for us. So imagine the stuff we do outside of his will that is just 100% on us to keep up with. Oh God, so exhausting just thinking of that. (laughs) So God can give our money purpose. Whether it's blessing other people, whether it's put this money aside, stack up, stack up, stack up, because I'm all sovereign God. I can see this. I can see this little hiccup coming down the line. You can't, but I can see it. And I have you putting this nest egg up for a reason or your dream house is about to become available. But I need to make sure that you have the funds a year or two early. So when I say this is your house, there's nothing stopping you or blocking you from getting what I have designed for you to have. So God can give our money purpose. And the point of, you know, the prosperity gospel or the poverty gospel, you guys should really watch the sermon because it's really, really powerful and so needed, is how we can go back and forth between the two extremes. And I'll link the sermon below so you guys can have an opportunity to watch it if you would like. But I would highly, highly suggest it's just one of those ones that are life-changing and whether you believe in God or not, I feel like all of us as human beings can go back and forth between prosperity mindset, poverty mindset, and how we all should be living in purpose, whatever you feel that that is or whatever you listen to God and he told you that it was. And the overall point is we're not supposed to have poverty gospel or prosperity gospel. We're supposed to have purpose gospel, more money, more purpose. Not poverty, more money, more problems. Not prosperity, more money, more pleasure. But purpose, gospel. More money, more purpose. And the purpose gospel is fueled by faith, of course. Because what is the opposite of fear? It's faith. The opposite of fear is faith. If we weren't afraid that this would happen or this would happen or this could happen, How much different could all of our lives look and how much trust would we really have in God to allow him to have the true free reign in our lives that he should? What do we stop him from doing? What do we stop ourselves from doing because of fear? Fear this might not happen. What seasons of overflow do we not step into because of fear? And the opposite of fear is faith. And so that's how we know when we fear something, God, I don't trust you in this area. Oh, I fear this. My fear overweighs my trust in you, my trust in this. All right. So the goal is to have the purpose gospel 
more money, more purpose. And the purpose gospel is fueled by what, guys? Faith. So my goal is for my money to have purpose. I don't want to struggle with a poverty mindset forever. And I'm glad to know that it hasn't been going on since my childhood because I feel like even though it is a big stronghold within these last two years, if I lived a life without it before, I can definitely maintain and do it again, which I'm already working on, which is being intentional. I've already heard the sermon before. I had to go back and listen to this sermon again. Okay. Um, kind of embarrassing to say I struggle with a poverty mindset, but I'm going to share my testimony on a public platform to like free myself of the condemnation of it. Like it happens. It's something I'm going through. Maybe it can help somebody else and I won't be going through it forever. So it's going to be nice to come back and listen to this episode and be like, yeah, (laughs) I remember that girl struggling with that. Thank God I'm not there anymore. Thank God my faith in God has increased and not my fear. So I'm excited to share my testimony. Hopefully, hopefully it helps and frees me. Like this isn't just about helping y'all. This frees me by acknowledging where I am, exactly where I am, so God can come meet me exactly where I am. So I want my money to have purpose. I want to be able to pay all my bills so effortlessly. And I want others in my life to be able to do that as well. I don't just pray for myself and be like, oh, I just want my life to be great. I pray harder for the people's lives around me than I probably even do for my own self. Just because I don't want to be doing great and then all my other people are unhappy or all my other people are struggling. I don't want that. Like I want all of us to win. I would love for all of us to get to a point. It doesn't mean problems don't exist in any form or fashion. There will always be problems, but where poor people problems are not a thing anymore. I know that we will get there and I can't wait for all of us to get there. I have so many ways that I want to help the world. As I explained earlier, I want to be able to start at this level and just continue flexing that muscle from here until the end of time. And For the older generation, a lot of our parents, they worked themselves to death, literally worked themselves to death. And I just want that to change. I want to be able to change that for the ones that are still here with us. And I want that to change for the next generations to come. Nobody, we live in a capitalist society, so we're fucked, but we can change that. And nobody wants to just wake up every day and vacation or work Uh, most people would pick vacation well if you just find a job where it doesn't feel like work you gotta be like you're on a vacation every day that sounds nice but everybody doesn't get that opportunity okay some people literally just wake up and they're just trying to survive they're trying to put food on the table they're trying to put gas in their tank they're trying to have lights they're trying to have water They're trying to pay their sewer bills. Like, okay, we need to flush toilets. Like, guys, that sounds nice, but it doesn't always happen. And it doesn't always happen immediately, right? So I don't want to be a generation that literally works our bodies to death. Our parents' bodies are screwed. They are in pain. They are in so much pain from working to provide from us, from working to provide for themselves, to just... Be at this constant feeling of my head is above water. I'm drowning everywhere else, but hey, 
I can breathe. I'm floating. I want us to be so financially free that we're not just floating. We're not just surviving. We're jumping in and out the water. We're doing black flips off the boat, literally, non-literally. Like, we have the freedom to just swim deep in the ocean. Not just at the shallow end because we are barely making it. And I would like for my body to still be intact in my old age because I haven't worked it to death. I would like to still have the body that God gave me and be able to use it in my old age as well. I'm just saying. And I want to leave an inheritance for my children's 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 children. I don't want it to just stop with me. I don't just want it to stop with my kids. I'm tired of us having to suffer. I'm tired of us even having to explain the poverty mindset. Should we still pass these principles down? Absolutely. But between the poverty mindset and the prosperity gospel, I don't mean pass it down as if pass them literally the poverty gospel and the prosperity gospel down. No, just teach teach them the tools. That way they know, oh, this is what this is. Let me check this before it becomes a really bad stronghold over me. But I would love for the the shit that we had to stress about or the shit that we consistently had to hear our parents stress about, that the next generation does not. That if they hear it's just about a testimony story of look how God, how far God has brought us. This is what I used to struggle with. This is what your grandparents used to struggle with. This is what your great grandparents used to struggle with, but you struggle no more. My God, is that not a word right there? Do y'all not get chills off of that? Yes. Three to four generations had to deal with this BS, but you, my child, (laughs) we did the work to set you free. You're free from some of the struggles that we had to deal with. You're free from the constant worry of how is this going to be paid? How is that going to be paid? Should I go to college? Should I not? Can I even afford it? You don't have to hear consistently. I had to do this, this, and this, and this, this for you. And this, this, and this for you. And here's where I am. Like, it won't, it won't be that. Like, if people, the next generations want to have kids, won't be like, should I have kids? Can I even afford kids? It'll be... I'm ready to start planning, and if God allows that to be his will, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? I just want so much better for the next generation. I want better for us as well. I really do. But I don't want it to stop with us, and I don't want it to just be at our kids and then revert back into the old generational curses and patterns. Like I want it to be kingdom behavior from here on out that lasts for generations to come until God comes back and calls us home. Seriously. And I want to have purpose with my money to change the systems that are put in place to harm us. Y'all know I am big on activism and everything that's going on in the world and having the funds, money talks, especially over here in America, money talks. And I would love to have the proper funds to do real systematic change that needs to take place because it's not just conversation. Sometimes you need the money to be able to do the campaign trails and this and that. And I don't mean like major political things. I mean, the grass work, the grassroots workers that are out here doing local stuff that are out here trying to spread the word, whether it's to send a flyer, whether it's to send a massive email, text message, this stuff costs money. Whether it's to send out petitions for us to sign and stuff, this stuff costs money. And I would like to be able to have the funds to help fight the good fight. Like, It's nothing. 
And as we can all see, (laughs) I have all these plans and I have to consistently check in with God to see if they match his. And if not, I have to get on board with whatever plan that he has for me and my money. Otherwise, I'm just wasting the time that I have left here on this earth. And for me, it's not just multiple streams of income just because. Like, I don't want money just because society told me to have money. I don't want money just to have paper. Like, money is nothing but paper. And I don't want to be ruled by paper like that. But I want the multiple streams from multiple different gifts to be shown, to be given to the world for multiple different avenues, for talents that may also bring a profit. And it's okay, pinpoint, it's okay to share your talents and your gifts that God blessed you with and that you have, even if you don't make a profit from it. It was meant to be in the earth anyways. You don't have to get paid for everything you do. It's okay. It's it's a mind fuck when we consistently need money and the kind of capitalist society we live in, I know, but sometimes it's just... You never really know how it's going to leave a lasting impact on a person. Sometimes share it anyways. Share your talent anyways. Maybe you can save their life. Maybe singing their song kept them smiling today. Maybe your talent is you're a great writer. Maybe just writing a nice thank you note made somebody's day. Share your talents even if you can't make a profit. But it would be nice if you could. And the ones that you can... And you're not trying to take advantage of people and harm them, do it. Okay? That's a win-win. And I don't want me or my people limited to one thing. We can leave a major impact on a multitude of industries. Multitude. You can believe in God and work in the secular world. Pastor Darius Daniels teaches teaches us that all the time. I'm not this or that. I'm this and that. That's something he says all the time. He says, we're not just this or that. We are this and that. We talk about it all the time, BK family. Let's not limit each other. Don't put me in on one box. Okay? Don't put me in on one box. I'm a whole complicated, um, very intentionally created masterpiece. And all the beauty that is in me cannot be limited down to one thing, one box, one title. No way. And most importantly, the reason I want to get rid of my poverty mindset is the impact of learning how to manage my money and having the right mindset, purpose, not poverty, not prosperity, is that the impact will be kingdom. Kingdom. And not just any kind of kingdom here on this earth. God's kingdom, it will be kingdom behavior and not culture. And even though these last couple of weeks we've been talking about some different, very, very important topics, but different topics, I also just want to give a special acknowledgement to all of the mass shootings that have been going on from Buffalo, New York to Texas to Tulsa, Oklahoma. There are so many that I just can't even sit here and list them all 
and they've been happening pretty consistently and pretty recently and I just want to say that give yourself a break from the media and news because it can be so triggering and tiring and exhausting but don't get too complacent and live in a bubble and like la la land these real things are happening all around us every single day lives are being taken and all the solutions that we have to fix the problem Congress consistently keeps blocking them or the presidents and the people in power don't want to do the things that they can do with the stroke of a pen whether it's ending the filibuster or canceling student loans i know that has nothing to do with mass shootings but i'm just saying that it's something that can be done with a stroke of a pen and it's not being done so give yourself a break from consistently seeing all the violence and the harm that way it doesn't weigh you down and make you view the world as a soulless place even though this this world sometimes will make you feel that way and but don't get too complacent that's all I ask give yourself a break relax yourself don't be too consumed with it but don't get too complacent and think that it's not going to happen because it's happening everywhere and it can happen close to home and then you're going to want everybody to rally up and be like open your eyes open your eyes let's keep our eyes open guys so we don't have to consistently tell each other open your eyes right let's let's see the stuff that's actually happening but let it not let it not weigh us down so much that where we can't even function in our basic lives you know or where we just think nothing but negative nancy's no we need we need positive in our lives too it's all about balance and these families need more than empty prayers i cannot stress that enough these families need more than empty prayers they need real change and protection the irony is we teach kids what to do instead of finding more practical ways to protect them and i think it's absolutely insane But I did just want to make a special acknowledgement to all the people and the families and the babies that we've lost in these mass shootings. These are people's lives and it will affect the people that they have left behind and so forth and so on. And think about all the magical gifts and testimonies that have been taken out of the world too early just because somebody decided to do a mass shooting. It's not okay. Um that's all the time that we have this week on plank canvas guys thank you guys for listening i hope this episode and me sharing my testimony on the poverty mindset can help and remember remember to give yourself a break from everything going on in the world but do not become oblivious to it and live in a la la land this stuff is happening and it can happen to you or somebody that you know i do not wish that but it can and i would love for us to put the work on putting the right systems and changes in place before it happens or that even if it still happens even after there's proper justice and people being held accountable that won't bring it won't bring back the people that you've lost but it'll hopefully give you some kind of peace to know that this person was handled in the correct way and yeah i can't wait to see what we talk about next time guys all right thanks for tuning in bye